Have you ever noticed that if you ask 10 people what corporate diversity and inclusion means, you'll get 10 different answers? We invite you to join us for the Inclusion Score podcast as we discuss the standardization of corporate diversity and inclusion. I'm Karen Prater Jasmine, Chief Data Officer at Inclusion Score. And I'm James Felton Keith, CEO at Inclusion Score. We'll meet with leading experts, academics, diplomats, and business people about how to methodologically deliver corporate inclusivity across your organization's governance, HR, product delivery, and supplier diversity. Let's focus on getting DNI right, because if you've worked where we've worked over the years, you know that a bad system beats good intentions any day. WHCR 90.3 FM, New York. Welcome to Inclusion Score, everybody. Welcome to Inclusion Score podcast. This is a, a special week this week, for some reason, in the middle of the week, in the middle of the month. Uh, and I need to try to learn more about this. Uh, Hispanic Heritage Month will start here in the in the U.S. And aside from our regular breakdown of the ISO standard for di- diversity and inclusion and headlines that we'd like to go through with regards to the financial impact of diversity and inclusion, we've got a special guest here with us today who's going to help us navigate through uh who Hispanic people are, what Hispanic Heritage Month means, uh, among other sorts of titles that you all might be familiar with. Um, she is Linda Espinosa Valencia. She is co-founder of the Ventura Collective. She is up in Canada right now, uh, but what originally hails from, from Mexico. Do I have that right, Linda? Okay. Yes. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for, you know, Thanks for calling in all the way from uh, you know from your busy day in uh, north of the U.S. How how are things in Toronto? What's what's that like? Oh, they're they're good. They're busy. <laughs> it's not cold yet. It's actually it's pretty hot right now, so right. I can't complain. Um, and I'm doing really well. Thank you for inviting me to be part of this. I'm always happy to talk about you know our identity as uh, Latinx yeah. Hispanic community. So that's so it's interesting that you go right into Latinx Hispanic community because I think my main question as you know it, what it makes me think of when I when I first got to New York everyone would always ask me being a fair skinned black dude like what are you what are you really I'm like really I'm just I'm a black dude from Detroit like I don't know I don't know that much about whoever I am or I think about applications that will ask what's your ethnic background and then they'll have that other section like are you of Hispanic, and I think back then it was you know Latino descent, et cetera. And so when you go Latinx Hispanic community, is that a, a and or or what does it mean? Like, can you help us understand who this community is? If it's possible to differentiate the two or a couple of the two, because I think the the many of us who are not from the the broader community are are not sure how to use language. Um, or what's appropriate when, but what do you, what do you think? Well, let me start by saying that identity mm-hmm. is very personal. Mm. So everyone has the right to define their own identity. Yeah. Um, and it's a lifelong journey. It's not something that, you know, like there's very few people who can really pinpoint that. I like that. Um, so 
I love this quote and it's from Antonio Campos, which he's a writer and editor for the University of California. Mm. And he says, how one identifies is a lifelong journey that lends itself to nuance mm. and not necessarily a fixed construct. Mm. Oh my gosh, when I found that, I was like, yes, this is exactly <laughs> what I, you know, I've been thinking. You know, it's such, it's such complicated, specifically, I think, for the Latinx Hispanic community because these labels have been given to us. Yeah. Right? Uh, when we are back in our countries, of origin it could be mexico paraguay dominican republic name it yeah um we are called dominicanos or mexicanos or you know whatever where you're from but the moment you go somewhere else specifically you know in my case us or canada then everybody's trying to put you in this box so what are you what what are you right what you said what are you um Mostly, like, if you don't look like the cliche of, right. you know, a Mexican person or, you know, whatever, it's right. like, you don't look Mexican or you don't look Latina or you yeah. don't look whatever. Right. So that actually brings a lot of anxiety and a lot of, you know, like identity crisis, like, a what, what am I? Mm. Uh, and that's where these Latinx, Latina, Latino, Latinx, uh, Hispanic comes, right? That they're trying to put all these countries uh together yeah. and all the people that belong to these countries together to to put it in a box right so let's talk about first and i don't know if you're okay with that we talk about what's the difference sure. between latino latina latinx and hispanic okay yeah let's go in the in the sequence that, that you want to go i'm just i'm learning too i think some folks come to the podcast or you know even in the class that we teach or sometimes with just clients and i get asked all these questions as if I'm the guru. I'm a I'm a process engineer, not a, a <laughs> cultural anthropologist with you know eight thousand years of experience seeing everyone evolve into whatever they are today. So I'm like you know I don't, I, these are things that I don't I don't necessarily know even though I'm surrounded by you know Latinx people. It's just the term that I use uh, here in New York all the time. But I don't know I don't know who's where. I have people. <laughs> I've had an old lady throw a rock at me because I don't speak Spanish and she thought I did. And she thought I was just being a snob because I was in a suit. That is off topic, so we're gonna get back to your topic. So yeah, so whichever way you want to go, where do you want to where you want to start? <laughs> okay, well let's let's define that. And yeah. something that I want to be very clear, like I don't have the truth. You know, whoever right, right, tells right. you they have the truth, the whole truth, they're lying. Nobody has it, right? Right. So I'm gonna go from my point of knowledge and yeah. from my identity. Okay, so. Latinx or Latina, Latino, Latin person or Latinx and Latinx, it's the inclusive term for non-binary people in English. Mm. And Latine with an E at the end is the inclusive term for Latinos mm. uh, that are non-binary in Spanish. So again, you see, this gets complicated a bit. Right. Latinx, Latine, Latina, yeah. Latino yeah. <laughs> or Latin. And that talks about different countries in Latin America. So every country that belongs to Latin America mm -hmm. can be called Latinx. That includes Haiti, mm -hmm. that includes Martinique, that includes mm -hmm. like parts of the Caribbean mm -hmm. or the Caribbean actually, yeah, the which whole Caribbean, Hispanic yeah. does not include. Ah. Because 
Hispanic is a bad language. So you call someone Hispanic is someone who speaks Spanish. Mm. It's someone that belongs to a country that speaks Spanish. In this case, that includes Spain, even though Spain is not in Latin America. Right. Oh, so, right. Okay. I'm going, okay. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm all right. I'm saying <laughs> for everybody else. So this does not include the Brazilians and the Portuguese. Hispanic does yeah. not include the Brazilians. Yeah. Portuguese are not included at all in, at all. in Latin America or Hispanic. No. Right. Right. Uh, so Hispanic includes Spain, mm. but does not include Brazil and Caribbean countries who don't speak Spanish. Mm. Okay. And Latin, Latin, Latinx, Latine, Latina, Latino includes all the countries in Latin America, including Haiti, including the Guyanas, it, right. all those, all those countries, right? Okay. But Latin, Latinx, Latine includes 29 countries. Yeah. And uh, Hispanic only includes 22. Interesting. Okay, I like the numbers behind it. Wait, so so Latine, <laughs> Latinx. <laughs> My Spanish is horrible, by the way. But anyway, so that's 29 countries. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm literally taking notes here. And Hispanic is 22. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I've never heard it broken down that way before uh okay that makes sense. so yeah. Yeah. And, yeah and something very important is when we're talking about this division mm. who does that division includes and excludes mm. right? right um so dr luisa ortiz perez she's the uh, co-founder and executive director of vita activa which is an organization that helps um women, uh, Latinx women, um, you know, to get their voices to be heard about yes. education, just different things. It's a great organization. Uh, she explains it to me the best way. It says Latinx is an ethic and cultural category. It's more about culture. Yeah. Where Hispanic is more about a linguistic division. So you're dividing like that America. word. Is yeah. Hispanic is about a linguistic division, and Latinx is a, a ethnic, 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 ethnic culture, and right. cultural category. Right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Ethnic and culture. Right. Okay. And let me say, like, I'm not, you know, trying to make people who identify as Hispanic bad. Right. As I said, your identity is yours. And if Hispanic is what calls to you, it's your right to be, you know, to, 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 to embrace your identity. Sure. Um, but because of that, and because some of us do not identify as Hispanic, because Hispanic as well centers the coloni colonization, because who brought Spanish to the Americas yeah. were the Spanish colonizers. Right. So it centers the colonization of the area vers versus like Latinx, the cultural richness and the cultural, uh, is that share uh, culture sure. that we have in Latin America. Right, right. Yeah, no, that makes me think about, well, number one, 
that makes a lot of sense. I feel like I, I remember this now, probably because I, I wrote this when I write stuff down, I remember it. But um, I hadn't thought about it exactly like that. I had heard about, you know, the language differences and the, you know, the Hispanic versus, again, I think when I think about South America, you know, Brazil and Haiti stick right out. And I know so many Haitian folks who speak Spanish who may have grown up in the, in the DR, in the Dominican Republic. Um, and or who've spent their whole lives there. And even though they look Haitian are very, you know, Dominican um, and who I think, you know, do identify as that. And so then these new phrases start coming out like Afro-Latino, Afro-Latina, Afro-Latina. Is there a, is that a movement or is that a conversation? Is that language in the Hispanic space? Is it Afro-Hispanic or is that not a thing? I don't think it's the same in the Hispanic language. Yeah. Like for people who identify as Hispanic, they only use Hispanic. Right. I think because once you start including, mm. then, you know, like people really want to be included. Yeah. So when you talk about Latine and you talk about Latinx, yeah. you're including non-binary people. Right. Uh, and something yeah. very important to, to note is that Latina, Latinx, Latine, Hispanic is not a race. Right. We're not a race. We are our ethnic group. Yeah. Which means that we can be any possible race. There could be a lot of different races, right? Yeah. Yeah. We can be yeah. black. We yeah. can be white. Right. Yeah. We can be Asian. Yeah. We can be Muslim. Yes. Like yeah. there's any possible different mix of Latinos, Latines, Latinx. Yeah. Right? Because we're not, we are, because we are an ethnic group and not a race. Mm. So that's where the Afro-Latino or Afro-Latinx comes, the Asian Latinx comes. Because then it's in, I am not only Latinx, yeah. but I am a Black Latino yeah. or Afro-Latino, Afro-Latina, Afro-Latinx. Yeah. I'm an Asian. There's a lot of marriages in California of oh, yeah. people from the Philippines and Mexicans. Yeah. Mexicans or Chicanos. And yeah. they identify an Asian Latinx. Yeah. But because of the stereotype of the Latinx person, of the Latino person, they're a race from our community. Mm just like the Afro-Latinx people. Yeah. That they're a race. If, if you look Black, they said, like, you yeah. can't be Latinx. You have right. to be Black. Right. So they ro they're robbed of part of their identity, even within our own community, which is the saddest part, due to colonization. Yeah, yeah that hierarchy created through colonization. I mean, yeah, you, it's... <laughs> anyway, everyone, I feel like anyone li listening to this, but maybe I shouldn't assume that anyone listening to this knows, but... Yeah, it just it pervades all of our lives, how we get on in the world, how we participate in this economy. Um, yeah, I think you bringing up, you know, Filipinos and bringing up Pacific Islanders, specifically those who speak Spanish and then being in California. And there's such a large population of them in California. I think there's some interesting stories around how so many of them got to California via the healthcare and nursing industry uh, and related industries. But yeah, just bringing up that extra bit of complexity uh i think is is anyway interesting i know a bunch of asian or at least people with very asian 
racial features, but identify as Latinx from the from Central America, from the Caribbean, um, from places like, you know, Trinidad, and they, they bounce back and forth between there and, and Venezuela, which if folks are not familiar, Trinidad is very close to Venezuela. It's, it's closer to South America than any of the other, you know, Caribbean countries. It's like a high, it's like Toronto to, you know, New York, um, maybe even more like Toronto to Detroit. But anyway, yeah, that level of complexity is definitely there. Um, and for just a quick sidebar for folks who are used to our normal programming, you know, ethnicity and race are two separate uh, diversity categories per the 27 diversity uh, categories in the ISO standard. And so they, they are differentiable. Uh, I know that some folks are aware of that, some are not. And I've even started to see that, and Linda, I'm not sure if you see this in, in your work, I've started to see that in the employee resource groups and the affinity groups that I see company by company, and it's really differentiable based on where they are. So firms that I see in Texas uh, have a little bit more differentiation, and they have these Hispanic ERGs or employee resource groups versus I think what we see where I am in the Northeast. We don't see as many of those, even though a lot of folks, especially of certain generations, really rep, you know, Hispanic heritage months, which is why I really, I wanted to at least have someone who was a part of the broader culture come and, come and talk about it. Um, so thank you. I mean, I don't, I don't even know where to start. I feel like we could talk about this for, for an hour uh, or 10. Um, is there anything else you wanted to, wanted to go with, with that or just, you know, your work, some of the stuff that, that you're seeing, how is, how is this conversation in, in Canada? What do, you, what do you all have going on, you know, at the Ventura Collective that's, uh, you know. Actually, there's something that is okay. very, obviously very dear to our heart as yeah. both of us are Latinas. Um, and unfortunately, if you ask the average Canadian, they will tell you there's very little Latinos or Latinx people in, in Canada, which is a lie. Yeah. There's a ton anyway, of your us. Your partner, your partner at Ventura Collective is Ana Maria, Ana Maria yeah. de Mason Cornejo. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll uh, put some links about their uh, to get to their website, et cetera, folks. But but you know, so you're saying you all are experiencing what up there? They're saying that there's not a lot of there's no representation. Of, really? There's no representation. Oh, there's very little representation. Oh yeah, we well, yeah, on representation, but the people exist. Oh, uh, absolutely. I know that for a fact just from partying and anyway. <laughs> over the year not recently yes. anyway but you but know it's due to the census and we talk about the same because mm -hmm. they don't know how to categorize us so they put us as uh so if you say that you're a white latino you don't count as a person of color you count as white and it's really? the same thing happens in the u.s so if you say um my race is white but my ethnicity is latinx slash Hispanic, yes. then you're automatically counted as white, uh. which is really bad for the community because it means they said, okay, then there's not enough Latinos to even care, to have policy, to put resources in it, you know, all yeah. that. So um, it's, it's definitely not a good thing. So it's very dear to our hearts. We are talking with different organizations in Canada because, because we want to bring that to the attention that you know, Latinas have the worst uh, pay gap 
in mm. the US and we're sure is the same in Canada. Right. Uh, but right. nobody's talking about it because there, what are you talking about? There's no Latinas here. It's like, yeah, there are. And yeah. we want better jobs. We want better pay and all that. So we, we're, we're talking with people. We're making noise. Uh, we're, we're actually starting Latinx Heritage Month in different okay. organizations here. Oh, really? Because they didn't have it before. Right. Um, so we're making it like a North American thing for, for Canada and the U.S. And I mean, yeah. uh, to have this as a very important month because we're our community is important and we contribute a lot to the economy. Yeah. No, I love it. I mean, you know, it's, you know, organizing is organizing. I think, yeah, that's that's the work of the day saying, hey, we're over here. We need better data. Uh, you know. I've, before I did a lot of this work, I was obviously, well, not obviously, but I think a lot of other folks know I was in, the majority of my work was data rights advocacy. And even though I run across a lot of people who are, I think the standard conversations don't label me, don't label me, bro. It's just like stuff I used to hear back in the day. And while it is exhausting to constantly micro identify yourself, especially if you're not intellectually participating in this industry as say we are, uh, it is still absolutely necessary because there is nuance in the sort of resources that we need, whether they're healthcare resources, whether they're insurance resources, whether they're, you know, cyclical goods like food and you name it, uh, resources that we need. And if we don't, if we don't identify ourselves well, we'll, we'll never adequately supply, um, supply the demand. As the, as the economist in the room, I was trying to gauge incentives. I'm trying to figure out how do, I, how do I better see you so I can see the stuff that you need. And anyway, we're going through that in New York right now. We didn't take our census well uh, right before the pandemic and we lost a lot. And it was mainly because in a lot of the communities, especially the Spanish speaking communities, we did not have adequate infrastructure through the political apparatus to get to people get them to take the census so that we could really identify how many people live here um yeah so and not only that i had friends who said like i'm not answering that yeah they're, they're scared of it too so that, but that is also a political failure it's mean mm -hmm. it means we have not done a proper outreach to make them feel comfortable enough that this is a system that they must or need to participate in and as a result it, it hurts them they become more disenfranchised and it happens you know i know I know black people who didn't want to do it. You know, mm -hmm. I know they, they didn't want to take the vaccine. They didn't want to do all sorts of stuff. And, you know, anyway, so the work continues. Um, I do want to say one thing before, yes. because I will really be mad at myself when I yes. say this. Um, not everyone who lives in what now we call Latin America mm -hmm. calls themselves that or actually the country of their their it's called now let's let's say Mexico because they are first nations or pueblos originarios yeah so they're not even want to be called anything but what they are they're either right. Aztec or Maya or Taino or whatever they don't identify with Latinx Hispanic any term or right. even with the term of Latin America so that's very very important because they're a huge part of who we are even though we, some of us even though we know we have indigenous blood, we can't claim it because yeah. it was taken from us and our families were shamed for, for being some kind of indigenous. Yeah. So we don't know. So with right. the, with the, 
with the colonization, our in, in the indigeneity was taken and indigenous communities got relegated to be the poorest of the poorest, like they are unfortunately in every country. Everywhere, yeah. Uh, so that's very important. And it's something that every Latin American country and every country in the world needs to reckon with. So yeah. we can actually be more hands-on and on the rights of the pueblos originarios. Yeah, I mean, yeah, every country, even, you know, sadly, I'm I'm dealing with, I, I'm on an advisory board for World Pride, the biannual World LGBT Pride uh, Festival. And this year, the next year, 2023, it'll be in Sydney, Australia. And I mean, there's a really big effort to center the entire event around the queer plus indigenous people who are there. Um, and it's just really a heavy lift with all of the other groups that want to be, you know, recognized and integrated as so many different types of people come together with different agendas as you go through the alphabet soup of L and G and B and T and Q and I and A and you name it. Mm -hmm. And then you go to bring them from different parts of the world. Um, you know, I've, I've sat on boards with indigenous uh, Pacific Islanders who, uh, who, Per their culture look at rainbows as a bad omen and i had no idea and they went like we don't want this we don't want uh the we were just talking about these meetings were about signage and distribution of literature and functional things that this broad organization backed by many governments at once was trying to push out and so many different participants were having to compromise um basically around the, the grand celebration of what um, what a few, because it, it really is few when you put it in a global context of the, you know, excited, privileged, uh, working white males are, are wanting to, to do uh, at the event. And so, yeah, we see it, you know, everywhere, even outside of the, you know, Latin American, you know, whether we're talking about, you know, South, Central or, or North American culture as we, yeah, we, we see it down in uh, in Australia, which I guess is technically Asia. Um, yeah, we see it. We see it everywhere. But I think the the cool new thing is right now everyone is is beginning to come out as who they are and discover who they are. Um, and we're spending we're alive a lot longer. We're spending ninety years trying to figure it out and tell people what it is. And so that's you know that's cool. I think um, and so. I just want to thank you for 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 stopping by and sharing your 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 experience and, and your life with us. I think this work work is so valuable, and that people are bringing their you know their whole lives to the to the table to affect uh, change, especially where we are dealing directly with the most stuffy of of corporations and and governments. And uh, I hope to have you back, and you know, so that we can continue the conversation. Maybe we can get uh, Ana Maria in here, and we can talk about the. Yeah. The, the Portuguese world and, and what what sort of extra things are there. Her her business partner, everyone is, is also. Well, she speaks Portuguese, but I don't know. Is she also? No, she's from Peru. She's okay, from Peru. from Peru. Okay. Well, well, we'll still ask her some questions, but yeah. Anyway, um, all right. So thank you again. Thank you again, and folks, look out for you know Google Linda Espinosa on uh, on LinkedIn or just on Google in, in general, and uh, and tell her what you think of the show. Or pick an argument and we'll log yes. in you on LinkedIn. Let's, you know, 
Let's have some fun with this. Let's not be scared of these touchy topics. Let's not be scared to be wrong. Oh, go and ahead. I want to say that, yes. Yeah. If if you don't know what to call someone, ask them. Yes. It's okay. Yes. Like if you call me Hispanic, I'm going to tell you, you know what? I prefer Latina or Latinx. Right. Uh, right. So don't be scared to try to do, you know, the good thing. It's better that you ask because as I said, this is complicated and everyone's identity is different. So it's better that you ask that you just like, oh, no, no, no. This is what I'm calling you and that's it. No. So yeah. just ask. That's so important. Yeah, I think, yeah, with everything, I think we need to be less fearful. Everyone talks about who's woke and who's not and what's scary. It's like, well, if you really, you know, want to be a human, don't be afraid to be wrong and uh, and and correct yourself. I think the most offensive thing anyone can do is, is stand corrected and then not acknowledge it. Uh, it's also maybe prior ego-driven culture, the most difficult thing to do. But I can tell you folks, I, in my work, am regularly corrected and I just have to get used to saying, okay, note it, and to try to remember it. Um, I think that's the, that's the noble work. Uh, that's, that's what we hope to see in the spaces that we all sort of, that our cultures clash, whether it's in the workplace or government or schools or, or you name it. So, um, so see you next time. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Thank everyone. you, everyone.